This week, we follow a suburban family. As supernatural occurrences begin, they realize that their home was built on hollowed ground, inviting none other than a poltergeist. Welcome to Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. And welcome to another Grandma Secret Seller Special! What, what? Super excited this week. We're actually doing our first PG movie as well. Yeah. But I guess the times were different, right? Yes. Because we are doing Poltergeist this week, uh, circa 1982. So we're actually even like predating Nightmare on Elm Street, which is kind of cool. Because um, we're kind of seeing... Uh, this feels more like the post-Exorcist era, which mm-hmm. I think was like 78. So now you kind of have a little bit more of like that, ooh, like haunting feel to it without like, you know, vomiting on the floor and pissing sure. all over yourself. We can, we can absolutely tell a ghost story that fits around a campfire. You, you know? know, and I, dude, I do this every single fucking time. I get so excited. Yeah, hey, I'm Eric. <laughs> and I am fabulous. Yeah, I wish that mattered these days. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are still talking to Fabuloso, and uh, we're going to keep plugging them, because eventually they're going to say yes. Right? But again, yes. I am your host, John, with my beautiful co-host, Eric, this week, who is still doing Fabulous. I just get so excited. That's okay. I'm like the dog that runs around in circles and then pees on the floor, yeah. because he's just happy and, that you're home. perhaps still people's waffles from under the <laughs> breakfast table, spills Cheetos all over the bed. and Wow, I think you already summed up the first scene. I did, you're right. 100%. <laughs> so, w- walking into this, what was our itinerary for Poltergeist? This is a Toby Hooper film. For those of you who don't know, Toby Hooper is considered one of the true masters of horror. Maybe mm-hmm. top three horror mm-hmm. directors of all time. Just a quick rundown on stuff you may be familiar with. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. The Fun House, Life Force, Salem's Lot, things mm-hmm. of this nature. This is what Toby's bringing to the table. But this one really hit with the help of Steven Spielberg as a production assistant Naturally. or produced by Steven Spielberg. I should say Frank Marshall is the he production was part of the writing assistant. team as well. He also this. wrote it. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, moving on into the cast of characters. I kept it under like seven, like seven under today. <laughs> yes. Joe Beth Williams as Diane, Heather O'Rourke as Carol Ann, Craig Nelson as Steve, Oliver Robbins as Robbie, Dominique Dunn as Dana, Zelda Rubenstein as Tangina, I'm going to say, and Beatrice Strait, Dr. Lesh, or B Strait for short. <laughs> B Strait. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm super excited to actually get towards the end of this podcast because there's so much trivia that kind of surrounds this yeah. movie. It's also like that in the Exorcist sense, right, where like there is just so much like errant darkness that kind of surrounds this movie. So... What were your, what were your first, I guess, again, third impressions for the Cellar series? <laughs> this one's just so much fun for me because I think it did a really great job of blending like special effects and practical effects mm-hmm. and, and actually won an Oscar for said special effects. As so, it should have. As it should have. So this was a really groundbreaking film for this style of like effect design and things like that, especially from an execution standpoint. We have the rotating room. We have the guides and the spirits mm-hmm. and everything and that. So for me, it is great for what it is, both in a what it can contributed to the film industry kind of dynamic, but also in just a really enjoyable, fun horror movie that's not particularly inappropriate or graphic in any way. Mm -hmm. It's just good kind of ghost story shit. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, yeah. 
it's definitely one of those things that I felt like it was one of those movies that haunted a lot of people growing up. Absolutely. Because um, you kind of got this, uh, again, like the scariest thing that was kind of out before mm-hmm. that was The Exorcist. That's why I'm going to keep referring back yeah. to that is it really kind of set a precedence. It, and the fact that they made a PG movie right, I was time. just going to say, part <laughs> of what made this film so effective, too, is this was going to appeal to people that were either like kind of into like the Spielberg stuff, you know, mm-hmm. ET and things of that nature would have been right around this time frame. So you would have been that age. And this may have been a lot of people's first horror movie ever. Most definitely. Just because they could go to the video store and rent it without mm-hmm. parents' permission or anything. You know, yeah. and that's kind of sick. And then you get to see some content that was really just okay for PG oh, yeah. in 1982. Because yeah. like if you try to make that Sexual awakenings. <laughs> <laughs> We're smoking dope. <laughs> <laughs> but parents used to be cooler, I guess. Hey, it was California. Yeah. So in the in the heart of California, we're in uh, Cuesto Verde, which I have no idea what that means. And I'm literally sure. means green hills. Ah, yeah, ah. I did look that up. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish either. <laughs> I know Verde is definitely salsa. So, <laughs> so in these green hills, uh, we meet the family for the first time mm-hmm. and we're we kind of have like the dad who's asleep in front of the television and the dog is just kind of, which is this gorgeous uh, yeah. Labrador mm-hmm. uh, or gold, golden retriever. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's go- okay. Yeah. That's why I need. <laughs> they're all good boys. <laughs> they're all, they're all good boys. Yeah. Um, so the dog is kind of like, you know, eating some food off the pasta. Yeah. We're dad. scavenging because everybody's yeah. in their food coma at this uh-huh. point. You know, the kids are asleep upstairs. Uh-huh. He's stoned and, you know, falling asleep in his lazy boy. And the dog's just kind of making rounds right yeah. now, right? And then we have the TV kind of cuts off because, like, I feel like it was our generation that was the last bit that got to see on the old uh, wooden box TVs. They would have the uh, the Star Spangled Banner at the end of the night, mm-hmm. and there would be some flashes of Washington, and then it would just cut to static. Yes. Right. We there was no for some of you out there. There was a point where there was not twenty four hour television. Right. And it did just cut off. And so static is going to be sort of prevalent, which again is a really effective way of like getting psychologically involved with the audience and getting Mm -hmm. them to connect. This is something that everyone has experienced in this time in history. So (laughs) it's just cool to see stuff like that, you know, taking advantage of good opportunities to make this very feasible, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's kind of where I feel like a lot of story kind of stems from where people think that uh, like the audio of, uh, extra planar beings kind of go in those short waves, right? Mm-hmm. And we get into that a little bit later in the movie, but I feel like this movie kind of conceptualized that for a lot moving forward. I'm not a paranormal person myself because, you know, I don't believe in ghosts. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hate to disenchant the podcast <laughs> for you, but... Oh, what the fuck, John? <laughs> what do you mean you don't believe in something outside of yourself? <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> So when we cut to static, uh, we meet Carol Ann. Yeah, so Carol Ann hears the noise, and she sort of is drawn to it, like a mm-hmm. moth to flame, shall we say. You well, know? it's and like they're almost communicating yes. with her. And she sits down in front of the TV and become, begins having a conversation. Hello? Who's there? How many of you are there? You know, and yes. just these kinds of, yes, no. right, like, we no. boarding this shit, right, you know, and everybody in the house hears her speaking somehow that made more noise than the dog running through the house or and the, the TV static. on in the first place or anything, <laughs> sure. So it, it just, anyway, the whole family wakes up and they note that Caroline is literally having a conversation <laughs> With the television set. So that's cool. Hard cut. Suburbia. Yeah. One thing <laughs> you know? I would like to know real quick about yeah. that scene was just the fact that it was so wild to me that there's almost like this pan shot from uh, the backside of the television where everybody's just like 
standing in different points in the living room, uh-huh. like staring at Carol Ann, like, this is a weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kids do that all the time. Sure. Uh, so yeah, we get a hard cut to seeing some like real suburban shit. Yeah, we got kids on bicycles. We got balding men on a child's bicycle carrying a case RC of beer. Cars. Chasing said bald man on a bicycle carrying beer. They run him off the road. He drops like 80% of the beer. Because he had like a 24 pack. And he comes in with like five. <laughs> for the seven dudes that are just trying to watch the game, right? They're you shooting know? shit off everywhere. Yeah, and he's 100%. just like, oh shit, open the door. Oh shit, they're everywhere. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Uh, for context, uh, I think Annie pointed out this looks like the neighborhood from ET. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're we're right at home for Spielberg. <laughs> he just rented this street for five years. <laughs> That's actually where Tatooine was shot too. That's uh, George Lucas. Our fans are going to hate us by the end of this, or me at least. You're probably in the clear. St- uh, Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we start like. And then we kind of see the the issues that you used to have in the 80s because, uh, you know, they're in there watching the game. The k- channel keeps changing to fucking Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And, he, you know, the dad goes outside. Uh, G- Craig T. Nelson, or Steve in this case, mm-hmm. walks over and his neighbor's name is Ben. He just keeps yelling at him. He's like, we're trying to watch the game here. Are you serious? He's like, yeah. Hey, my kids <laughs> want to watch Mr. Rogers. What's the matter with you? And then they get into like a click war. Right. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. all promotes yeah. are universal uh-huh. at this point. Yeah. And that's real. I mean, like, I, I can see how that's weird for people. But, like, that's real. Yeah. That, <laughs> that actually went down like that. That would happen <laughs> in your own house. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. you're trying to watch something upstairs. And then it's like, oh, that was awkward. And I think you mentioned, like, the flex would have been to just put on porn. Yeah, if, right. there, were, if there were cable boxes, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. a little bit of Skinamax for, <laughs> right. for midday viewing. For uh, yeah. So then we get like another hard cut. We gotta, you know, they just kind of leave that by the wayside of mm-hmm. this battle while they're trying to watch football and shit. And we find uh, Tweety, uh-huh. the bird of yes. the house, is dead. Uh-huh. And the mo- you know the mother uh, Diane Diane, mm-hmm. Diane finds the bird and she's like, oh fuck, I really don't want to deal with this. So then there's this scene where she's like standing in the bathroom and she's about to drop Tweety into a toilet. I get dropping a fish <laughs> down the toilet, but like putting like a hamster or a bird or something. It's a little, it hits a little different, especially because you just, I mean, I think all of us are well at that. Anyway, birds tend to carry more diseases than most animals oh, yeah. do. And the fact that she was picking it up without any kind of glove or cloth it or paper 80s. towel or, yeah, diseases didn't exist. Yeah, they didn't even <laughs> have condoms yet. <laughs> Shot a penicillin, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'll take one cup of your finest penicillin, please. And of course, like, as she's about to drop it in, yeah. Carol Ann just, like, pops in the door. Ah! Like, And she's like, oh, fuck, I guess we got to do that. We have to, like, do this the right way. And they Mm -hmm. go downstairs, and they just have, like, a plethora of cigar boxes. Because we found, like, two or three throughout this fucking movie, right? Yeah. Um, And she's, like, going to put the Tweety in the box. and uh, Put the Tweety in the box. Put the Tweety in the box! (laughs) (laughs) And then Carol Ann's just like... It doesn't like the smell of it in here. Can we put a flower in it? Here's a picture of us in case it gets lonely. Here, here's a Twizzler in case it's hungry. And the mom's just sitting there like, oh my God, uh-huh. my cousin yeah. my kid's a fucking right. idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not a pharaoh that you're burying in a pyramid. It's a fucking bird. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so they take they take it out and they bury it and it's yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> the son, the boy, Robbie is climbing the big creepy tree in mm-hmm. the yard and everything at this point. The whomping yeah, willow. He's climbing the whomping willow and as he ascends the vast trunk, he stares off into the distance and notes this incredible thunderstorm rolling in. Mm-hmm. And that's about the time where Diane mom is like, hey, get down from there. And like, you look, you have this like bird's eye view of the grave and like the dog is digging the bird up. <laughs> that was probably my favorite scene yeah. of the whole movie. Because there's no way that was scripted. The dog was 100% and they just went with it. Hey guys, there's yeah. a dead bird in here. It was fucking funny. But- I smell Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> He's into snacks, man. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and we have a cut, and it's nighttime at this point. Uh, everybody's getting tucked in. Mom, don't forget to turn on the closet light, all that mm. stuff, you know. And so we Is get, that enough, honey? Right. We get the kids tucked in. Everybody's, yeah, we were noting the uh, insane collection of Steven Spielberg memorabilia in the, <laughs> in the child's bedroom. Um, which, yeah. Has a lot of intrinsic value, as you mentioned. Oh my god, yeah. dude! The, the figurines that were sitting behind the, that kid's bed—he probably had like four grand worth of shit sitting behind of just him. Just Star Wars figures behind his head. Oh my god, man! In the rest of the room. So now the parents are climbing in bed. Um, I thought it was weird that Steve had his feet on his pillow. Yeah, that's kind of sociopaths, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> maniac. Then he starts doing push-ups and he like throws a bag of what I have always thought you were the same yeah. way was tobacco or something. Roll this cigarette for me, honey, or whatever. And yeah, that was weed. Yeah, so. it was very, very green. <laughs> they were sitting there smoking grass in the bed and I yeah. was like, wow, they are so cool. Kids aren't even asleep yet. <laughs> yeah. They get that like quick buzz and everything and Steve is like, I love you. And she's like, oh my God, talk dirty to me, baby. And like, you know, they start, they start to, you know, play their openings and checkers and everything. And they turn around and uh, old boy Robbie is mm-hmm. like, you know, I can't sleep. There's a fucking clown doll in my room. <laughs> Which I don't even know why the fuck anybody would have bought that to begin with. That was probably like for the time, that was probably a $60 fucking clown. I already think that like dolls with chairs proportionate to the dolls with the intention of displaying them on the chair in your bedroom facing you at all times is weird. A fucking clown, though, you know, that just hits a little bit different. And it was very, uh, very, like, gangly jester-esque. Yeah. Like, you could almost imagine mm-hmm. it, like, uh, t- turning into, like, one of the rogues gallery villains and just, like, <laughs> yeah, extendo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he comes in, the parents are stoned as fuck, yeah. and they're just like, Robbie, you do have to sleep in your own bed, but it'll be okay, we're gonna take you back. And, uh, you know, the dad, like, puts him on his back and we were laughing because he about domed himself on the fucking door frame (laughs) on the way out. He missed by about three inches. (laughs) So So he puts him down in the bed and, uh, or, sorry, the uh, father, Steve, starts putting Robbie down into the bed. And Robbie's obviously freaking out because of the storm. So he gives him the same thing that every parent gives their child. It's like, hey, if you count between the lightning and the thunder, that's how much farther away it is. I don't know that that's science, but... I'm also not a scientist, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in case anybody was wondering. I don't do a podcast because I'm a scientist. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so he's like, oh, well, you know, we'll figure it out. And he, like, you know, cracks the door, and Carol Ann's still awake. She, Oh, actually, she was, like, on the phone. She's like, Daddy, you have a call. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, tell him to take a message. <laughs> and she's like, he wants to take a message. <laughs> 
And then we have like a hard cut where you stay in the room for a minute and the lightning and thunder keeps going off. And then we have a hard cut back into the bedroom. The, and kids, the kids are inevitably <laughs> in the bed, you know. So every, everybody under, I would say like five knows what I'm talking about. Where you just, I'm not going to bed unless I'm between my mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Exactly. And this is like the first instance that we actually get uh, because they left their TV on upstairs. Yeah. Uh, so now the static comes on. And we start to see like a little bit of smoke at first, which wakes up Carol Ann, which mm-hmm. is weird because you think the the dope would have done that earlier. Sure, but yeah. Um, then we kind of get this like she starts getting out of the bed and she comes up to the television, and we start having that same instance of her like they're here. That classic, 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 oh my classic. God, maybe um, one of the top one hundred quotable quotes. I mean, yeah. You know, like in cinematic history, let alone horror, this is probably a top ten scene in terms of just how iconic it is. And honestly, the other scene is later on in this movie sure. where he's yeah. like, "You son of a bitch! You didn't move the bodies, but you moved <laughs> right. the headstones!" Like, oh my god, this movie's dialogue is so fucking iconic. It's it a masterpiece, a hundred percent. And so everybody is obviously, because we see the smoky ghost boy come out of the TV screen. <laughs> we see the big, you know, mm-hmm. arthritic smoke fingers and everything. And it was, uh, so. It, it, and it turns into like this concentrated beam of light uh-huh. too. And we watch it, I guess, enter the house. Like mm-hmm. it turns the house into a portal. Notably the Freddy Krueger location above the headboard. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to that, I think. The face comes out afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we just get that strong beam of light and it just shakes the foundation of this fucking house. A 6.5 magnitude earthquake <laughs> appears because they left the fucking TV on. And everybody else is like, no, I didn't feel it. Because he's like talking on the right. phone the next morning with people. He's like, no, my house is in total disarray. There's shit all over the floor. I have to go to work. My wife's going to handle this. So, <laughs> so, so 80s. Mm-hmm. So fucking 80s. Um, and then we have like this really... Uh, kind of long breakfast scenes. We'll kind of like hit the more important parts mm-hmm. of it. Cause it, we have the first instance of the dad's like, well, going to work. Dana's like, I'm going to school. And she gets, she's like getting hit on by the construction workers. Yeah, they were like building the pool. <laughs> they're digging the pool outside. And she's like giving yeah. them the finger and they're like, you know, checking her out through like a fucking tube. And Diane's just watching this whole thing go down. Yeah. Diane's just like, oh, that's my girl. Stand up for yourself. <laughs> Diane's a little too cool. Right. <laughs> She's too down. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we kind of like, she has this realization while everybody's like having breakfast and she's looking at Carol Ann and she's just like, Carol Ann, last night when you said Yeah, we never here, talked about this. <laughs> weirdly enough, we all just went back to bed after right. the earthquake. It's like, what did, what did you mean by that? She's but, just like, oh, the, the TV people. The TV people, to, they're here. Johnny Carson's in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my neighborhood, bitch. (laughs) Welcome to my neighborhood, bitch. (laughs) And yeah, so we have that conversation with Carol Ann and it's, you know, it, she's not frightened at all. There's no fear in the child's Mm -hmm. eyes about what she's experienced or anything. And in fact, like there's not really any fear in Diane either. She's just kind of like processing this. Cause somebody even says, Oh, she's just stoned. (laughs) Yeah. She's just stoned. It's fine. Which she was. Um, and then, like, the milk glass has, like, a blowout from the <laughs> bottom of it that, like, Robbie's drinking. Rage! So, <laughs> right? So we, <laughs> God, milk. I'm sorry. <laughs> no free ads! No free ads. But, yeah, we it, it's kind of apparent that not only 
do they exist in this television, but they have moved on into the house in its entirety. Mm -hmm. That was made significant by the fact that they shook the whole house and shit was fine. Anyway, so they're still here, Mm -hmm. literally. And that's kind of all that needs to be taken away from this, like, weirdly 10, 15 minute long breakfast scene. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, then then it's a pretty, pretty abrupt cut into uh, there is uh, Carol Ann is with uh, Diane and she's like got her face right in front of the television mm-hmm. and she's like oh that's not good for you and it goes from being static to her like putting it on a war mm-hmm. movie and it's just like people getting shot up and shit right well she comes back into the room and there's like an art deco formation <laughs> of chairs on top of the fucking uh on top of the dining room they table. had to call in an expert to make that happen <laughs> Uh, it's all about balance, as all things should be. They called in George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough mitochlorians in these chairs. <laughs> uh, so, see, I know some Star Wars that was stuff. Great. Yeah, not not a, not a cool enough. Yeah, you amount. mispronounced the word, but that's okay. <laughs> Mitochlorian? Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> I try to hit it's him just, with that. So fucking close. We'll get there one day. <laughs> I try to hit him with that hard eye. <laughs> Uh, so you know she's just like what the fuck so there's a scene that really doesn't have anything to do with the movie and then the dad comes home right yeah because it just the idea being that he is a um he's showing the homes he's in a model house in this neighborhood where they're building a new development and that's all you need to know is that they're building a new development Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) diane has this amazing line where she's like okay what i need you to do is look back into our past like when you used to have an open mind (laughs) (laughs) And starts demonstrating dark days in this relationship. (laughs) She's created a ring of salt and a path of trajectory where she has been playing with the chairs and letting the ghosts or whatever. She's straight up painted the floor. Scoot across (laughs) the kitchen. And she's like puts puts Carol Ann on the floor, like on a little pillow, puts a football helmet on her head. It was was, a Rams helmet. It was was a fucking Rams helmet. Still in LA. It was it was cool. It was the precursor the whole time. Yeah. There and back again. Welcome back, Rams. Anyway, um, and she's just weirdly ecstatic about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, Everyone's yeah. super hyped for the fact that their house is haunted. Yeah. Is this the point where he says, um, this is the point where he's like, okay, I don't really want anybody in the kitchen. So, and she's like, well, we'll just order Pizza Hut or whatever. And we get this really awkward cut to like them talking to their neighbor. I looked it up and I found out what happened there. After she said, let's, let's order Pizza Hut. What Steve said was, I hate Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut took so much offense to this after the fact that the movie was shot that they couldn't go back and redo that scene. So they just had to cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't Pizza Hut get to see this movie first? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm going to write such a I just thought that was fucking her. hilarious because I remarked on it. I was like, that is one of the more awkward cuts I've ever seen in a movie. Especially oh, yeah. somebody like Hooper and Spielberg wouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah, they you only, know put, what I mean? they only yeah. put nonsensical scenes right. in their movies. They don't- <laughs> like the next scene. They're just standing outside their neighbor's house high as fuck, slapping mosquitoes on their neck and talking about, hey, they're like, you know. That's why I didn't even put it in here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, anything weird happening? Anything you know, weird like, happen to you like objects moving on their own? Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> Just my wife. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Scene over. That was literally it. Yeah, so now we actually cut back to being in the house. And this is where... So everyone's like in their bed. 
and this is where shit goes <laughs> fucking sideways. I mean, like, we're sitting there, uh, or Ronnie Ronnie is sitting there, Robbie, sorry, mm-hmm. not Ronnie. Robbie is sitting there, like, counting the thunder strikes. It's getting closer and closer and closer. He's and like, that, oh, no. That was the thing that the dad really didn't explain to him, is that just because you're counting, it doesn't mean Make that it it's go, go away. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, the clown is still freaking him out. I think you understand thunderstorms just fine, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I grew up in Texas. I've seen plenty. They were like, that's a tornado. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so we get to... Uh, Sorry, Stevie Ray Vaughan distracts me too. <laughs> uh, so uh, Robbie tries to, like, take his not Letterman jacket since he's, like, six. Yeah. <laughs> tries to, like, throw it over the clown. Mm. Misses by about Whips a mile. It, yeah. I think I said something really offensive during that scene, so I'm not going to bring that up now. That's Patreon exclusive. So, I hate Pizza Hut. <laughs> I just can't even say that with a straight face because I fucking love Pizza Hut. I I don't know. Everybody like everybody's looking at me now like I'm the devil. But. No, no, like like y'all. Pizza is pizza. Sex is sex, right? Well, you can have well, bad well. sex and it's still sex. You can have Pizza Hut pizza and you still got pizza. So <laughs> you know what I mean. Count your fucking blessings and stop being such a prick. <laughs> anyway, We're the Whomping Willow comes to life and takes Robbie out of his room. It is like <laughs> just like dual fist punches through the fucking window. Fucking and tree beard. <laughs> and he's just ah. So he's screaming. The parents run inside. They're like, "What the fuck is happening?" He's like, "Mom, help me!" And there's like it's, it's they, a fucking tree. The fuck. <laughs> Like, no one actually accepts the gravity of what is fucking happening yet. They're just like, oh, a tree's got him. We need to go downstairs and leave Carol Ann up here by herself. (laughs) This is like, wow. I think shit's already floating. Yes. Yeah, the light comes in through the closet. Mm -hmm. Shit starts floating. They leave their their Mm five-year-old, which... She's got to be older than five during that sure. movie, because like that—that that was one hell of an acting job 100%. on her part. She was. She knows a lot of words. <laughs> I think she her her vernacular is a little more yeah. extensive than mine. But. I, I completely agree. <laughs> completely agree with that. So you know they they run, they run outside. I think mom uh, or the dad goes into the. Uh, the pool that was getting dug out and right. like slips in and then yeah. climbs back out. Right. And he's just like, Oh fuck. Whoopsie. He gets back out and he's basically just climbing the tree, which is now devouring Robbie. Yeah. And Diane is fucking screaming. Dana isn't there or awake or whatever. I don't know what the fuck. I guess she was she, talking like, to her boy. She was hanging out with construction workers. <laughs> so, oh, <ew. laughs> so, but yeah, Carol <laughs> Ann is being um, she gets like sucked into the closet with all of the stuff from her room and everything, including the mattresses. Like as they're pulling Robbie away from the tree, they finally get him free from the. Yeah, it was definitely like a meanwhile. <laughs> yeah, and they're Carol Ann. Oh fuck, we forgot about Carol Ann. They run upstairs and she's not there. She's no longer responding. They open the closet, start digging through everything, and find this like figure that has a like towel over it or a blanket. Or yeah, something. they pull the blanket off. And it's the clown. So we're like, oh, fuck. You know? <laughs> but the, the the way that scene was acted, mm-hmm. like as soon as the blanket came off, there was this amount of relief that came over everybody. Oh, it's and not Carolyn. I was like, yeah. there was literally a tree that just became sentient and tried to eat your child. You yeah. think nothing happened? <laughs> so here's the problem. Here's the problem for me. This is the only beef that I have in this movie, realistically. 
they had the heavy machinery still in the backyard from where they were digging the pool. Why didn't they dig the tree up the next day? Why wasn't that the first thing you did when you woke up? It's keeping the foundation together. Because, in fact, the first thing they did when they woke up, instead of calling the police to report a missing child, is immediately go to a team of paranormal investigators who are fronting as psychologists. <laughs> because apparently they don't have degrees for that in 1982. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was a, when he goes in to speak to them, I don't think they were fronting. And the only reason I say that is I was trying to read. Because they the, need a job. <laughs> they needed income. <laughs> Sorry, real psychologists. <laughs> that was, was that? a little on the nose. <laughs> Quacks. Half <laughs> quack. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's fine. We can degrade anybody on this show. But <laughs> but uh, when I was trying, I was trying to read the um, uh, the transparent glass that's sitting up behind them, and mm. it does say parapsychologists and uh, something beliefs. I was trying to read mm, backwards okay. while the fucking camera was moving, but bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They were pretty much like, if you think you're crazy, you probably are, and you should come here. <laughs> and then, I mean, really, all that scene accomplished was them being like, "Oh, we'll do it." The yeah. Avengers have assembled. I guess the not Ghostbusters have assembled. Right. The D-list yeah. Avengers. The mm-hmm. the not Ghostbusters are coming. So they go to the house and immediately start checking everything out, and it's like clear to them, like. Uh, we're exploring a little bit. They open up the door to the bedroom where all the objects that were thrown out of the closet mm-hmm. are now just hovering in midair and sort of spinning like a gravitational pull around yeah. the center. You know, and it was very clear that they had never dealt with anything something of this quite gravity like this, before. right? Because they even like when the scene cuts and we move. Now we're at the kitchen table. Um, the leader, I suppose, of the gang of the ginger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is like shaking like quivering like hard tremor in the hand like trying to drink her tea or coffee mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck and she just says this isn't any old regular classic haunting <laughs> this is a poltergeist <laughs> she said the thing so there's our title and i loved that during that conversation too the parents were because you know the light starts flickering and they were like oh it's gonna happen again in two minutes because they come in pairs like this has been going on for probably a week at this point, and they understand the nuances of this of these ghosts. And I'm just like, the people that you have brought on this sh- on this excursion have absolutely no fucking idea what they're doing. 100. They have to bring in the little guns. They're here actual in interns <laughs> <laughs> who thought this was a regular psychologist. <laughs> oh, somebody peed my pants. <laughs> And then there's like this uh, this really weird scene where, you know, they're setting up all the equipment and they're talking about stuff. And the the dorky one kind of goes away for a minute because mm-hmm. we see our first portal in the living room. Yeah, because uh, we've only have, we've only seen the initial one in the child's uh, mm-hmm. bedrooms or children's bedroom so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, I do want to mention real quick that they kind of theorize that like. The idea being that spirits can enter from dimensions beyond through holes within mm-hmm. the realm, and they believe that there is one that just exists in this house. Right. right? Maybe more than one. We don't really know. Is it radio? Is it TV? What, mm-hmm. what the static discharge in the atmosphere? What's going on? Right? right. So their idea basically being, like you said, they see a portal. That's confirmed. Everybody knows we're here to stay at this point. Because the portal just starts dropping, like, fucking jewelry and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's all your shit. Here's your glitter that I took earlier. Because that's the important part for all of these scenes where, like, the the portals are opening in the induction firm of it. Because Uh it is sucking in just glitter upon glitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Because even somebody was like, why is there so much glitter in this room? I was like, because there's a fucking small girl in here. Like, <laughs> there's glitter everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I wish you actually had that to get rid of glitter half the time. Um, but... <laughs> So, uh, you know, the guy comes back, uh, one of the investigators whose name does not matter because um, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a part of this movie very much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes in. He's just like, oh, fuck, something bit me. And he like, <laughs> right. he like lifts up his shirt and they're like going to investigate it. There's like four uh, bite marks. It was probably like about a foot and a half Honestly, of, a, yeah. of a radius yeah. of a jaw. Mm-hmm. And then just like, it looked like 12 people just took turns spitting on him to make it look like there was a mouth around it. <laughs> yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Bukaki wasn't a thing yet. We just had to spit. It's not what Bukaki is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm really hoping somebody will Google that. That learned something today. <laughs> Again, you're putting porn Today's on Today's video is sponsored by Pornhub. <laughs> That's who we need to start sending shit into. The comment section's so great. This bitch got me paying the rent. <laughs> Diamonds on a net. So they kind of just ignore the fact that this guy just got bitten by a fucking like ghost wolf alligator. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Don't bring gators into this. Sorry. It was California, that- not Florida. <laughs> or Texas. Right. <laughs> Texas gators. If you would like to know anything about that joke, please subscribe to our Patreon. True. Good point. We have brought this up before I remember. <laughs> now, uh, there's kind of like a nonsensical scene where... A really long all, monologue diatribe. About, all it tells us yeah. is the leader of these of the paranormal psychologists is an alcoholic, mm-hmm. as is the mother. But yeah. the mother just likes to party. Mm-hmm. So, moving on, uh, we... They, <clears throat> they do mention... Maybe this is insignificant, and I just believe it is. I don't know. Um, they do talk about what the afterlife is in terms of, like, a precursor to the afterlife like i don't know if i'm sure. explaining but like there's this realm between like dead and alive where people can exist you know what i mean and just that's why ghosts can stick around sometimes i just like think that. tangina explained it a lot better perfect let's move on yeah so yeah. there is two investigators that are with uh homegirl yes. right from from mm-hmm. whatever you want to call this facility and what the white guy is like oh well i'm gonna go get some food and it just like goes into their kitchen and just starts like taking chicken and steak and shit out of it. He gets, like, <laughs> this, he gets this like 16 ounce steak that's frozen out of the refrigerator. And fucking raw dogs it on their counter. I was like, are you out of your fucking like, yeah. mind? Have I, you lost your fucking mind? Have you lost your fucking mind? I was so mad. That yeah. is so grimy. I, I didn't want to note about this really, but like I do want to like I feel like we need to mention that he had crushed an entire bag of Doritos too, like a full <laughs> like family value size bag of Doritos. Hey man, I'm going to go get some real food now. You know, he just starts so, eating frozen steak. So that was weird. It's just ice cream tartare. <laughs> At this point, I have in my notes steak maggots face rot. Yeah. Do we need to go any more in depth than that? <laughs> Clorox. Clorox. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Clorox definitely spent more money in the face melting scene. Because the boy just kind of, the man sort of just had a vision of like his face rotting and he's peeling it away. He can't anyway. That's that was, it because it like, doesn't even really matter, you know? Yeah, I, I do, it doesn't matter aside from like cinema itself because notably for that being again a PG movie, that was insane mm-hmm. to be able to put in there. Like even Frogs wasn't that fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> True. And they tried. They tried. They really fucking tried in that movie. If you've not seen Frogs, that is a fucking 
amazing deal it's, in this yeah, movie. Uh, it's, so, it's so bad. It's good. So he, um, white guy, moves back into the kind of the dwelling, the mm-hmm. den, living area where everybody has got the equipment set up. People are sleeping on the couches. The sensors and are that kind firing of right, left you know? and right. And there's this like really vibrant, bright light coming from the children's room upstairs. It was really kind of beautiful, it was. actually. And the, the, I put it as the geist appears at this point, at least in some form. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of this angelic sort of look. In fact, everybody is watching it happen and just sort of like not afraid, but just sort of in awe of mm-hmm. it almost, you know, because it's radiating. Mm-hmm. It's, it, yeah, it's emitting like this suit, like you're saying, this super angelic mm-hmm. light. Like yeah. it doesn't feel evil mm-hmm. yet, right? And what I did think was really cool is when uh, the leader of the paranormal team just goes, to, uh, rewind that. We want to see everything. It's like, you know, after it's mm-hmm. moved through the room and went back up into the portal from the uh, the living room and uh, they go back and when you watch the video, you see so many apparitions. Mm-hmm. Like there's people in like colonial gear. There's people in fucking hats. I'm pretty sure I saw a feather or two. Like <laughs> There are so many spirits trapped in this house and none of them have anything to do with each other as individuals. Mm-hmm. They're completely separate entities that just all happen to be stuck here. Exactly. You know what I mean? And actually, Mark that. Yeah, because, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why Tangina was the real right. fucking MVP right. of this movie. Um, so, uh, honestly, before getting to her, we have, we got to talk about the talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel is now talking to, or sorry, not Daniel, Steve is talking to his boss mm-hmm. for, you know, he's like, we should have made you partner. We're just making sure that you're not leaving us for somebody else. Right. Cause you're so great. And they're having this conversation on this hillside next to a cemetery where they're planning on phase five. A quest of air day, if you will. <laughs> A Cuesta Verde Cinco. (laughs) (laughs) They started talking about how um, he's like, well, we're going to build the new phase right here, right Mm -hmm. where you're standing. And he was like, he's like, oh, we've already got permits to do that. We've already done it before, too. And it's like, ah. And he's like, oh, I guess that's fine. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, from anybody complaining, I guess. It was a very, very weird conversation. Right. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> but then you find out that all of Casta Verde, Casta Verde, yeah, uh, is actually uh, was all already built on the first set of cemeteries mm-hmm. that were already there. Hence, all of the ghosts and apparitions and things having different mm-hmm. timepiece physical forms and things that are representative of centuries and centuries of people that have lived before in this area. Exactly. Yeah. So now we kind of there's this really short scene where. Uh, the paranormal people are about to leave and she's like, well, I'm going to come back. I promise, but I'm going to come up with, come back with like actual backup, mm-hmm. which is great because Tweedledee and Tweedledumass yeah. have literally done nothing but draw yeah. and listen to fucking music in their headphones and shit mm-hmm. or peel their face off. <laughs> and eat all the food. <laughs> eat all the fucking food. How come every time I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen? Eating all the food. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go ahead and jump into enter we, my favorite character. Yeah, enter yeah Tangina or yeah. Tangina. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Tangina, uh-huh. but I felt like we the the audience deserves to know sure. <laughs> that that is mm-hmm. out there. A hundred percent. And she's like, "There's this really cool scene when she comes in and she's." You know, introducing herself to everybody, and she's just like, "Y'all mind hanging back? Yeah. You're jamming my frequency." <laughs> and she walks upstairs, and she says something to uh, Steve as she's going upstairs, 
and he doesn't answer her. And uh, Diane comes up to him and goes, she's talking to you. He goes, I know. I'm trying to answer her with my mind. <laughs> she's not psychic. She can't hear me. Got to keep an open mind, Steve. <laughs> yeah. She goes, I can hear you up here. I just don't like convoluted answers. <laughs> so she's great. She comes back down after spending some time upstairs and basically mm-hmm. lets Diane know Carol Ann is alive. Mm-hmm. Not only a, this is what I call the tangina monologues. <laughs> I was proud of that one. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Caroline is alive. That all of the spirits and souls and ghosts that are in their home are so trapped in this realm that they're in that they're not aware that they've passed on. That's why mm-hmm. they're interacting so fiercely with their environment that mm-hmm. they're in. You know, and in fact, they're all jealous of Caroline. Because she is very much alive. She's emitting a life mm-hmm. force even in the state beyond beyond living, but also not all the way dead, right? Well, because she also compares the light that is coming off of her to the light of the portal. So yes. it's like they're looking for not just her life force, mm-hmm. but that seems like that's supposed to bridge the gap. Representative of the exit off the other side. Exactly. Right? Because all they're trying mm-hmm. to do, I guess, like they're pseudo mindless because she puts it as like they're in a perpetual dream state. Mm-hmm. So they're always chasing after, uh, almost instinctually, where they're supposed to be going next. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's it's interesting because I think the, the idea being that, like, I guess if there is subtext in this movie, the idea being that the evil presence that is off, also here is in control of it, but only so much so that it is convincing Carol Ann not to acknowledge or go near the light mm-hmm. because that would then everyone else would follow and the evil spirit would lose its domain, I suppose. Is I, that, is, is I, that, am I getting that close to right? I, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that is we don't get a lot of context for what the motive is for this other being. Sure. And, and I, I feel as though its whole goal is it's really just trying to bridge the gap for itself mm-hmm. is what it feels like. And I think it needs Carol Ann's life force in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And if she goes into the light, that all goes away. Yeah, His yeah, whole plan yeah. goes to cool. shit. Makes perfect sense to me. And maybe there is some level of like spiritual energy that it feeds off of having all of this because there's clearly like one evil spirit. Yeah. Is what it feels like. Like they're not being haunted by all of these spirits. They're being haunted by ah, a poltergeist. <laughs> he said the thing. He did it. He worked it in somehow. Um, so, you know, and after the the uh, Tangina monologues, uh, fire is catching. <laughs> we got Amy that time. <laughs> she hates us. <laughs> uh, you know, the Diane just kind of goes, Diane goes, well, what do we do next? And Tangina just like looks up at her because, you know, she's like four feet. <laughs> Come on down here. You're going to give me a whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe Spielberg paid somebody that short to make her say that. Yeah. But just like looks up at her and goes, we're going to save your daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like they go up, they grab a piece, a piece of rope, which was, I get they like get some tennis balls and write names on it and make sure that like when they throw it through the port, it's like actually it's playing portal. It's the same tennis ball, right. Yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. like playing portal. Uh-huh. I was waiting for them to throw it back up through the, through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, they they kind of start to you know get the plan together of how they're gonna go in, and then everything kind of like. Well, actually, there's a really great line where they have to get Carol Ann's attention to open up the portal. Because right now, everything's still weird. Everything's still floating. Nobody's communicating at this point. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh So, you know, the mom is talking to, trying to talk to Carol Ann, trying to get her to respond. Mm -hmm. And she goes, or uh, Tangina goes, I'm going to keep fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Tangina. Tangina goes, uh. Which one of you is she more afraid of? She goes, I, I mean, we're, we're both stoners. Like, he, he decides the punishments. I don't know. <laughs> you tell Carol Ann she's in for a good spanking. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Ann, I'm going to hit you if you don't come out here right now. <laughs> Mommy, help me. <laughs> All right, we got her. Let's fucking do this. Yeah, yeah the, I don't know. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> the plot's got to move forward somehow. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> yeah. Portal opens up. You know, it's it starts the induction once yep. again. Like shit's getting sucked in. Glitter is abundant once again. <laughs> and the mother and or Diane and Tangina. Good job. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> uh, so Diane and Tangina were trying to. Uh, well, Tangina was actually going to tie the rope to herself right. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Diane goes, "What are you doing? I want to go in there. She's my daughter." You can't go in there, but you've never done this before, Tangina. I know, you're right. You go in. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) And just passes the buck right there. Not to punt this, but punt. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, uh, Steve is supposed to be holding on to the other side of the Mm -hmm. thing. And again, we start to hit one of the most prolific lines in horror history. Mm is they're trying to guide them out. And you hear, don't go into the light, Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve's standing on the, or, oh no, sorry. She was saying to go into the light. Right. And uh, Steve's like, you said, don't go into the light. Right. I'm pulling them out. <laughs> don't pull them out yet. <laughs> no, Steve. And he fucking, he pulls and like Zool comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, ah, he's like, fuck. <laughs> There's like this incredible, like, pop scene for that where it was just like skull face steve skull face steve uh, skull face steve and it just looked like the terminator you know? <laughs> <laughs> but like you know after the explosion yeah <laughs> and steve does manage to pull carol out she falls mm-hmm. through the other side on the floor and everything and she has or sorry did i say carol i meant diane yeah, holding yeah, yeah, carol yeah, yeah yeah they're covered I'm in here. strawberry jelly i'm here we're here boys <laughs> and girls we're here so yeah, I guess mission accomplished, right? Because Tangina is the like, house is clean yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this like moving scene. I, I, you know, they they save Carol Ann and Diane. Yeah. Everybody wakes up in the bathtub. Just put some water on her. She'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just put her in the bathtub and spritz some water on that jelly. <laughs> and so now we're packing things up. I couldn't. I didn't really understand where they were they getting ready to move out, and he was going to take the first load of stuff to the next house or something like that, or what? What was the? It felt like the vibe was like you pack up the house and then you just leave the truck somewhere until you figure out where you're going to live. Got it. Because <laughs> it is not here. Mm-hmm. You're. I think they they said earlier that it was about three hundred acres. Yeah. That that shit was sitting on of just fucking unmarked graves and shit. Or I guess they. I'm sorry. They were marked graves. Mm-hmm. They knew fully As well. We'll find out in just a moment. Because <laughs> <laughs> E Buzz, the golden retriever, senses something, right? 
something is amiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the clown did not get packed up in the children's room. There is a headless doll that Carol Ann is fucking around with. And just there. It's just set that doll on fire. The kids are still being creepy with their deliberately mm-hmm. creepy objects for whatever reason they're holding on to these things. Right. You know what I mean? Um, at this point, Diane has gray streaks in her hair, sort of a la Doctor God, Strange. God, so hot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So she's going to dye her hair and take like a, like a bath and just cleanse and decompress and get everything back to normal and everything. Um, Robbie's trying to go to sleep mm-hmm. and the clown is gone. Right. So the clown has disappeared from the chair. Robbie's like, Oh fuck. And so he looks <laughs> under the bed. There's no clown looks under the other side of the bed. Still no clown comes back up. There's ah! a clown, right. <laughs> Wraps his weird candy cane arms around that sort of like stretch Armstrong around his neck. Another cool trivia point. That part where he was like, I can't breathe was actually the actor saying he couldn't breathe. Oh, neat. He was his, suffocating. His face turned purple before Spielberg and Hooper were able to like, oh, fuck, he's actually choking. And they ran in and like, you know, anyway. He's so, an artiste. He is an artiste. <laughs> um, the Geist comes through the, like, uh, I'm trying to move fast here. So like yeah. Diane is like spinning around the ceiling. Another great use of practical effects. It was a rolling room the whole time. Yeah, they I think, clearly learned it from Exorcist. Yeah. yeah, and so a lot of stuff is going on. Shit's hitting the fan again. Um, the Geist comes through and it's like this like quadrupedal, weird, like mm-hmm. animalistic, humanoid thing. It looks like thing. a Cerberus it, with one head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an evil dog? <laughs> I don't know what fucking dogs you've seen. <laughs> a Cerberus with one head is a dog. Um, I forgot Lassie was actually guarding <laughs> the gates of hell. <laughs> In my notes, I have muddy pool skeletons. So it's ah! raining. Right. Yeah. And All- now we've realized that the bodies never got moved. Steve Steve makes it back just in time. It has another great line where he's... he's yeah, ahead. he's like... Because as he's rolling up, he was actually coming back from work with, uh, <laughs> with his boss, and he just yeah. goes, you dumb son of a bitch! You, mo- you moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies? Right. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, we actually had to deal with that in 2020. We'll get to that here in a minute. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, it's so, obvious that the entire burial ground is coming, like the cemetery is coming back to life. Full right? coffins you know are I mean? coming yeah. out of the ground and flipping out. Dana shows up out of nowhere because they mm-hmm. all like they finally get in. They pull pull uh, Diane and the kids out, get mm-hmm. them into the car, and they're like, "Dad, get us the fuck out of here!" One of them says something like, "The house is coming" or something <laughs> like that, and then water starts shooting up. So the house came. <laughs> Uh, then it collapses in on itself, kind of like black holes and you know what I yeah, mean? I don't I, know. I yeah. don't remember the name of it, but there is a post story where that happens as well. Okay, cool. Very sick. Yeah, so, I wish that helped him. <laughs> <laughs> they're driving away and it becomes apparent that this is that moment when you realize this was an option for y'all the whole time. Mm-hmm. If you weren't so open-minded about <laughs> spirits living in your house and that kind of thing, maybe we could have escaped a lot of this, right? <laughs> they decide to stay in a Holiday Inn, which was marked coincidentally at you know twenty dollars an hour which we thought was kind of neat we like comparing prices in the past to the way things are now you don't get anything for twenty dollars an hour <laughs> and you they, barely get stream like internet for twenty dollars yeah. an hour so. <laughs> so then they go into the holiday Inn, and like the last shot of the movie was really funny because it's they all go in and then it stops for a second and then steve just like pushes mm-hmm. the tv out cameras on the balcony <laughs> and we don't see the inside of the hotel but he just kind of wheels it out i like that the tv was on casters yeah which is funny <laughs> seems like a weird thing to yeah and bada bing 
we have a fucking masterpiece. We have an absolute fucking horror Just like masterpiece. That. Just like that. Before we start to get into what we usually do on the show, uh, Eric, I know you brought a good amount of trivia yeah. to, to the table today. I really kind of want to talk about some of that. Uh, I, I brought three kind of fun facts here. Uh, one of them is actually kind of tragic. And the actresses that play, or the actresses... Um, Dunn and O'Rourke, who were both the respect the female children mm-hmm. of the family, both passed away relatively quickly after this movie was mm-hmm. over. Miss um, Dunn was actually strangled by an ex boyfriend. Jesus Christ! And Miss O'Rourke passed like six years after the fact um, from a really severe intestinal disease yeah. and everything, which is just so brutal because again she would have been like eleven or twelve, yeah. you know. So again, it's just rest in peace. Thank you for your contributions and all that. What I thought was really interesting is that both actresses are buried in the same memorial. Yeah. The same. It's cemetery. very sweet, actually. Yeah. It's almost like they're holding hands. Yeah, and kind of one of those like. I it, like a nod to the concept of the cemetery mm-hmm. you know, from the plot itself and everything, which I I don't know if it was Fucking the same cemetery <laughs> scene in the movie. I mean, I don't know if that is is part of the subtext there or not. But I just thought that was interesting. We talked about I hate Pizza Hut already, <laughs> <laughs> which I just thought it was. But this is my favorite one out of all them, mm-hmm. guys. We are not associated with IMDb in any way. Like all of our listeners, I want you to know that. But anytime that you see a movie, go onto a website like IMDb mm-hmm. and look at the trivia and the fun facts and things like that. Because it just, for me, it helps me understand the movie better right. and appreciate it a little bit more. Because here's my favorite fact. Steven Spielberg and Hooper decided that getting fake skeletons would be more expensive than getting real skeletons for the mud pool scene. <laughs> the funny point is that Joe Beth Williams, who played Diane in that scene, mm-hmm. was not told that those were actual human skeletons until <laughs> after the movie was done. <laughs> Imagine rolling around in a muddy 10-foot deep pool with real human skeletons. I just wish that one of them had, like, at, like started the scene yeah. as she was slipping in and just being like, by the way, they're real. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> This is why Toby Hooper is a master of horror for me because only somebody that could like create <laughs> your kids want to see a dead body <laughs> would be willing to go to those lengths to make shit like that happen, right? <coughs> I just thought it was incredible, and like I said, there are so many of them. We can pull a couple more up well, if you want to go for well, it. But... What, what I'd like to touch on for that is honestly, like, and I'm not trying to make light of the tragedy of losing, you know, Dana, and because that's fucking and, insane. Because it, it is insane. And in that same vein, since he was using actual dead people, is this the curse we found along the way? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they pulled him out of the graves and put him back in. <laughs> because notably, uh, you know, not to get political about it, mm-hmm. and uh, when Trump was trying to build a wall, which great job on that, I think. <laughs> Uh, and he was he dug up about 20 miles of native burial grounds. Mm. And this was in February of 2020. So I'm not saying that COVID would have been better if this didn't happen. <laughs> but the world kind of went to shit. <laughs> so I'd like to thank my ancestors for taking some semblance of yeah, for representing taking some semblance yeah. of revenge. Maybe that's why you're like still with us. <laughs> I've gotten COVID three fucking times. <laughs> right. As an asthmatic. As an asthmatic. <laughs> you're undefeated, bro. <laughs> the lightning didn't even win that many games. <laughs> 
fucking roasted. <laughs> Shameless avalanche plug. Let's go. Stanley Cup champions too. Yeah, actually. That has nothing to do with this shit. I'm no, so that, sorry. That's no, that's fine. That's, fucking dude. They, it's shameless. The, 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 some of the podcasts I've listened to where they just talk about themselves for like 30 minutes. I yeah. think I can plug for the fact that I am now a Colorado avalanche fan. Represent. Yeah, represent. Um, I didn't really care about hockey until this year, mm-hmm. but I got to tell you. They're built different. They are. <laughs> and we're losing like half the team in this offseason. So I hope you enjoyed the ride because it's not going to be the same ever again. <laughs> well, again, it's the curse we found along the way. 100%. I'm an Eagles fan, so I can't imagine what this is going to do to your team. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to look back fondly on this year. That's all I know. Every time you see me watching the game, you're just like, God damn it. Yeah. We did lose the the worst loss we had in the entire series was the only one that you watched. I do want to point that out. <laughs> I have that effect on teams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, notably, uh, the only thing that I do know about white people is that they love Matchbox Twenty and mm-hmm. they are afraid of curses. <laughs> and that's really what this movie boiled down to. Um, so <laughs> I love Matchbox Twenty so much. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> you white, you Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, Final so, thoughts. Yeah, Let's get into yeah, ratings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Eric, we'll start with you on this cool. one. Cool. Um, I'm going to say seven and a half, man. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely. think I think we're we're touching on what could be like, for me, like the pinnacle of a horror masterpiece is probably in mm-hmm. that eight, eight and a half territory in terms of filmmaking. I don't know that I've seen an eight and eight and a half yet, but this is up there with Nightmare. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. This is up there with with just and nightmare. I think I put it in eight. Mm-hmm. I think I did too. I can't remember. Yeah. I genuinely can't remember. I probably gave it a seven because I like undermining your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. Anyway, this one for me was just again. It's just a good time. It's just. It's just. It. It. I have this. I take exception to rating movies that are bad highly, even if they were entertaining, as I'm sure y'all have picked up on at this point. Yeah. If you listen to Dead Snow, you already know. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> anyway flips the table yeah <laughs> yep completely lost my train of thought i got so triggered i'm sorry <laughs> when a film is made well and it's entertaining and there are elements of tongue-in-cheek horror tropes and mm-hmm. things like that i think we're really hitting a sweet spot for the genre only thing about this movie is that i really kind of comprehended it as a 31 year old and i don't know that i have the nostalgia factor slash was ever sure. afraid of this movie that's the only thing and again i'm in a minority so yeah. that's that's not necessarily spielberg or hooper's fault or anybody else mm-hmm. that was involved like i said this film won an oscar for special effects mm-hmm. A horror movie won an Oscar for special effects. Can we talk about that for a second? Because this would have been like a year or two after uh, Return of the Jedi, I think. I think so, yeah. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what sci-fi was starting to do in this time frame, like, the fact, again, I just re-emphasizing that a horror movie won, you know, Alien had just come out. There were so many things like that that were like, anyway, I just think it's... Susan Sarandon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just I think it's I think it's one of those films that will be timeless in the genre and Absolutely. also among like I mean maybe top maybe top 250 200 of all time. Most you know? definitely. I, I I would go as far to say that it's definitely in the top 100. You think so? Yeah. 100%. So you're leaning towards an 8 for this one maybe. So I'm also going to give this a 7 and a half. Okay, 7.6. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do point sixes here. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, um it is not so- legally anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking Zynga. 
Uh, I, I definitely put this movie at a, at a strong, strong seven and a half. Before I get into what I loved about it, the mm-hmm. only thing that really that really makes it so I can't push that any further is really just based on the fact that there was too much nonsensical shit in the movie. And not, yeah. not to talk about like scenes where shit was happening. There were just too many scenes where nothing was happening. It had nothing to do with the movie. And it just felt like filler. Like, for example, the fucking scene where uh, Steve is trying to sell this couple a home. Yeah. There was literally nothing else. The only thing that that gave us was us knowing that he was at work. Sure. And not cheating on his wife. Right. <laughs> Which <laughs> would have happened if it was. <laughs> if it had been rating PG-13, he would have been cheating on his wife. We didn't mention this at the beginning, but this film was two hours long. It's like yeah. right on the nose of 120 minutes. Which is normal, I suppose, for a movie, but not for a horror movie. And yeah. it's certainly longer than it needed to be, I think is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. M- most definitely. And that comes back to like the same... Co- and it's funny, too, because... like. It kind of comes back to the Conjuring mm-hmm. again, or like I guess Conjuring took so much from this, sure. like conceptually, which is cool because mm-hmm. our body count's actually the same. Yeah, <laughs> there were no deaths in this movie. Yeah, um, so conceptually, it was very similar. Um, the runtime was very similar, and that's really my only issue with movies like that is if there is not a genuine purpose for it being in there. It's like it's like when I plate something, I'm mm-hmm. not going to arbitrarily put something on the plate that. For, for just the sake of doing it. Like, right. that does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a person out there that uses parsley, fight me. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you're putting chlorophyll on your food, mm-hmm. and it, that's what it tastes like. It's fucking grass. Right. Uh, oh, but there has to be something green on it. Well, I've fucking made greens Says today. <laughs> make food. You ordered a salad. <laughs> <laughs> a parsley salad. You're... You're dipping your fucking steak. <laughs> You're dipping your filet in a nice Caesar. <laughs> you moron, what are you doing? It's the Parmesan and egg yolk that really bring it out. What are you doing? <laughs> Get out of the fucking pool. <laughs> Get out of the pool! Um, so, yeah, this is definitely one of those quintessential movies that, like, if you have not seen... You have to. Yeah. You you just you have to watch Poltergeist because it's one of those things where like usually you know I think I've said before like some of the bigger stipulations for watching any horror movie is ninety minutes R rating one to two famous people in it like and everybody else is fucking expendable and this movie kind of broke a lot of those. did like none of those yeah things. exactly <laughs> like your top billing cast was fucking Joe Beth Williams and Craig T Nelson is very notable mm-hmm. but I think the rest of the money just kind of went to Spielberg sure yeah <laughs> and rotating houses yeah. for the practical effects that they used I mean they really went all in on that Oscar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. the, the scenes in the house when the bodies were coming or the coffins were coming up uh-huh. were incredible like yeah. you could see the break points now that mm-hmm. were there the whole time yeah. that we never got to see right and like, you know, it's so funny too, because you think to yourself, like when you watch that scene for the first time, like these actors have one shot at this. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're about to demo this mm-hmm. house with bodies. The construction workers from earlier were just actual construction workers. And Spielberg is like, we'll give you 20 bucks to read these lines. All you have to do is hit on teenagers like you normally do. <laughs> I, would, I would love to have seen Joe Beth Williams' reaction to when she found out that she was surrounded by dead bodies. I would pay money. Yeah, hit us up on uh, yeah. under the four words five at gmail.com if yeah. you really want to tell us about that, Miss Williams. 
Um, also, I'd like to note that our Patreon is fucking live mm. now. So if you want to come see some exclusive episodes. Please like, come hang. Yeah, come hang. Yeah. Come see Red State. Come see some of our exclusive interviews that we have mm. with all of our all of our special guests. Oh, uh, yeah. Discounts on merch. And that's all $3 a month. Yeah. That's all it takes. You, it's $3 a month. You know? I feel like, guys, like, listen, like, in all seriousness, like, I, I feel like if you pick up a t-shirt, you're already saving $3. You've paid for your Patreon subscription mm-hmm. for the month. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you're going to buy merch, hey, you're going to buy that anyway. You know what I mean? Go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon. It gets you a discount. It helps us out so we can continue making content like this for y'all. And we can give you better content, too. Yeah. Like, we can upgrade our stuff and, you know, buy a bunch of blow and hookers and shit. And... Totally. <laughs> That's what people use Patreon for, right? <laughs> That Twitch is going to be lit. I think it's OnlyFans, but I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, is that the one? That's coming sell? out later. Is that the one where they sell you Sunbeam uh, house fans? Yes. <laughs> well, again, I am your host, John, joined by my beautiful co-host, Eric. <laughs> and thank you for joining us once again on Under the Floorboards, where it creaks and cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>